move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Good morning. Glad that you are with us, whether you're joining us online from the comfort of your couch or bed or are sitting on your dock or whether you're here. I'm glad to see you guys this morning, and uh, it's, it's good to see people, I tell you what, in this season. Hey, I want to remind you of a couple of things that are really important. This is today, we start in Core 52. The books are available. They're $5 each. Uh, Core 52 are the 52 important themes that are in God's Word, uh, and, and it's a lot like doing exercises for the core. It, this is the stuff that will strengthen us, help us have a life that will move closer to Jesus. And so uh, the books are available out in the, in the lobby afterwards. And uh, they, normally they sell for 16. We've got them for five. And uh, we're not going to go in order. So that means you got to show up every Sunday so I can tell you what order we're going in. So, you know, that's kind of a trick. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in other places. But uh, this week, we're going to start with chapter 46. So after you hear the message today, you'll know what that chapter is about. And then uh, you can learn more about it. So we're going to uh, chapter 46. Chosen chapter 46 because it is on unity. Do you think we need that? Amen. Okay. Yeah, I think we do. And so that's why we've chosen that today. We're going to be talking about unity. And uh, I, I've got a video that I'm going to show you here in just a second. This kind of describes how, nine, uh, how 2020 has been, okay? And, and, and when you see this, it's not a long video, so you've got to pay attention. And, and, uh, but it kind of describes how we've been going at each other for this past year in 2020. So if you'll watch this video. Wow. Do you feel like that? Let's watch that again. Can we watch that again? That's great, isn't it? Ready, set, go! When we started the year, when we started the year, we were running at each other. There were a lot of people that said, let's impeach our president. And then there were some that were saying, let's don't. And pow, we, we met in the middle and bodies were scattered everywhere. And, and then after that, after the impeach or not to impeach, it was the virus. So the virus is a hoax or the, the virus is really something very serious. And, and what did we do? We ran each, at each other, pow, we hit each other. And, and then it was mask or no mask. And so we ran each other, pow, and we were all over the place. And then it was racism is a problem, racism isn't a problem. We ran at each other, and, and pow, we were left bodies lying on the ground. And we was quarantining versus not quarantining, and, and it was pow, and people were left all over the place. It was Trump versus Biden. Pow, there were bodies all over the place. And then it was right versus left or left versus right. Pow. And, you know, and right up to this right now, we're arguing over vaccine or no vaccine. Okay? And if you don't believe that we have a problem with unity, this is the mail <laughs> from my mailbox for just three days. I'm sorry, Tiffany. 
Tiffany's a mail carrier, and she's had to deliver all of this stuff, okay? I just, I just, you know, but, but you know, though, I, I, I don't know what they're for, but I know what they're against, okay? <laughs> that is really clear. And I don't know if they're qualified to, 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 to run the government, but I do know they're, they're very good at assassinating people's character. So, so I, I tell you, you know, we are so divided right now. And, and, and it, is a, it is a hard time uh, when, when you begin to look at the world that we're in. And, and, and uh, the sad thing is, it's coming to the church. And, and it's beginning to divide people in the church. Now, I'd like just, let me just tell you. In this past year, I've been accused of being a Democrat. That made me really, really mad. And this year, I've been accused of being a Republican. And that made me really, really mad. Because the place that I place my hope is in Jesus Christ, the solid rock. And it is not in any political party. And if anything is going to change this world, it will not be of a political party. It will be of the church and of Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so the message today is a pretty simple one, and this is the sermon in the sentence, we must protect the unity of the church. We must protect the unity of the church. And, uh, and, and I want us to look at one little thing that Jesus does towards the end of his ministry. It's from John 17 and verse 21. John 17 and verse 21, and what it tells us there is that Jesus is praying, and this is what he prays. He says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you have sent me. You know, one of the things that we've seen in this season is that church attendance has gone down. So many people blame it because of COVID-19. But I will tell you, I think part of it is also due to the fact that we have lost the unity around the mission of saving people. And I think that is something that we have to realize that this political season has divided and it is bringing the church down. And so as we read this, we, we need to answer Jesus' prayer, and, and that is to become unified around the one thing that will change this world, and that is telling people about Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about protecting the unity of the church today. That's the Sermon on the Synods. And we're going to look in Acts, the 15th chapter. The church, the early church, had a problem with division. And as we get into Acts 15, they are actually coming together to talk about the division in the church. Now, the division in the church was, was caused by some people who said, well, you need Jesus plus the Jewish law, okay? And, and one of the big things that was in contention was circumcision. I'm not going into the details there today, but, but, but it, it was about circumcision. And they're saying, well, you need Jesus plus circumcision, or you need Jesus plus this law or that law. And, and what Jesus had said to him is that, that if you believe in me and, and you, you follow me, you know what? You will be saved. But what was happening is the division was beginning to split. And so that's where we pick up the story. It's a council in Jerusalem about the church. So if you would, you can read with me up here. This is from Acts, the 15th chapter, verse 6. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, 
you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and He confirmed that He accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as He did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for He cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved by the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. The sermon in the sentence is we must protect the unity of the church. I'm going to give you four keys, four lessons from this passage that will help us to protect the unity of the church. The very first thing that I would tell you is that we need to confront correctly. We need to confront correctly. Who did they gather together? The elders and the apostles, the people that could do something about it. Are you with me there? They didn't talk about it to everybody else, but they brought together the people that could do something about it, the people that could, that, that could actually deal with it. And so as we begin to look at that and we begin to think about that, is that's one of the things that we have to do. If we're going to have unity, is that we're not going to talk about it to everybody else, but we're going we're gonna to take it to the people that can do something about it. Jesus had something to say about this in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, he says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other, per- if the, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. So the first thing is to go privately. He says, but if you are unsuccessful, that they don't listen to you, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If we're going to confront correctly, the way that Jesus would tell us to do it is that if we've got a problem, we take it to the people that we have a problem with. And we do it privately. We go to them and we talk to them and we confront them privately. Now, can I tell you that that is so key. We don't talk to it about anybody else. And let me give you a clue. Social media is not private. I've watched some of you all attack fellow Christians online, and I have to call that a sin because you have not done what God has called us to do, is that if you've got a problem with that person, you go to them face-to-face, one-on-one, privately, and you tell them. Understand? It's pretty clear, isn't it? It's pretty clear. And then if they don't listen to you, you know what the second step is? You take somebody else with you. Now, can I give you a little hint here? The, the, the important part of this is you've got two people that can go and, and can be a witness. But as you go two by two, what happens is, as I tell that person, hey, I've got a problem with this guy. And you know what? They may tell me, hey, you know, you, you may be making a mountain out of a molehill. Because that's happened to me when I've been upset with somebody and, and, and I've gone to them and, and then I've, I've gone to somebody else. They said, well, you might. But, but then if we have gone, then, then we have two people that are not teaming up, but trying to restore that person and bring them back. And if we were to go on in the scripture, Jesus would say, if that doesn't work, then what do you do? You take it to the church. But it starts privately. It starts privately. We have a, we have a saying around here. 
and I think it will help you. And the saying is this, criticism goes up to somebody that can handle it, and praise goes all around. Criticism goes up to to somebody that can handle it, and, and praise goes all around. So here's the application, and this is what I'm challenging you to do, is to confront Practice God's way of resolving, uh, of resolving conflict. Confront correctly. And if you've got a problem, don't turn it into gossip. Go to that person and say, hey, we've got a problem. Can we sit down and talk about it? And then listen to them because you might learn something. And then they'll listen to you. Got it? First thing is confront correctly. The second thing that I see in this that that is very important is that we need to let God be God. We need to let God be God. It says there that God knows people's hearts. I'm looking down here. I'm looking around. I'm seeing you all. And you know what I can't tell right now what's going on in your heart or in your head? I'm just saying I can't. I can't do it. That's not a gift that I have. But so many of us want that. And we, and we want to say, well, your, your heart's not right. And you know what? What I understand here when I read this is that, that it is God's job to look at the heart. And, and, uh, and, and I just want you to understand is let's not do that. I, I want to go back to the Old Testament here. Uh, Samuel was looking for a king. And if you remember the story, Samuel's looking for a king, and he learns from God that it's in Jesse's family. So he goes to Jesse's family, and he's ready to anoint the oldest son. Why does he go to the oldest son? Because that's the way, the way they would do it. They, they would just look and say, he's, he's the oldest, or, or he's the, the best, and, and that's how, how they would do it. And, and let me tell you what happens. He goes through every one uh, of Jesse's sons. And God rejects every single one of them. And he says, well, Jesse, don't you have some more sons? And, and, and what does uh, Jesse say? Well, I got David. He's out, in the, he's out with the, she- the sheep. <laughs> well, surely you wouldn't mean him. And I want you to hear what, what God says to Samuel. It's in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 15. Said, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Did you catch that? I want to take it one more, though. If you've read the Old Testament, you know that David was a great king. But if you know the Old Testament and you study King David, you also know that he committed adultery, got a woman pregnant, and then killed her husband. Let's go to Acts now and see what God has to say about David. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. I got to be real honest with you here. I would have written David off. Anybody with me? Okay, I got a few hands, a few honest people. I I would have written him off. But, you know, God saw the heart. God knew that he was a man that, that was chasing after him. He may have messed up a few times. He may have messed up a few times, but he knew that he was after God's own heart. So, here's our problem. 
okay? I, I'm just going to tell you what the problem is. We, we think we can see in people's hearts, and we want to do God's job for him. That's why I say let God be God. And, and I want to go to, 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 to John 16, John 16, and, and this is about the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus says, and when he has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You know, I, I can do pretty good about being critical. I, I can convict people uh, of all their wrongs, uh, but that's not my job. It's not my job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. And if I let God do his work, can I tell you what? I'll be a lot better off. Revelation 12.10. Revelation 12.10 says this. It tells us that Satan is the accuser. Okay? This is where we get off so many times is that we join Satan in accusing our brothers and sisters in Christ. He does not need any help. And I will tell you, when you hear those voices in your head, that's the accusations of Satan telling you you're not worth anything. And folks, our job, our job is this. Our job is this, is to encourage instead of accuse. Okay? Third lesson, third key, is that we need to remove the barriers. We need to remove the barriers. Well, what it says there is by burdening Gentile believers with a yoke. A yoke is a thing that you put around a horse to help it pull a wagon or a plow. And, and, and the picture is they keep making the yoke heavier, the, the burden heavier. Now, can I just tell you what it was? Uh, it, it was pretty simple. They're saying, well, yeah, Jesus will save you if you're circumcised. Because they, they went back to that Jewish law. And they said, you, you can be saved if you do all these things. And what, what Jesus says is, if you believe in me, you will be saved. And so they keep adding all these things. And, and the burdens get heavier and heavier. And, and, and this is kind of what we want to do. I, I love to fish, okay? Anybody in here like to fish? I love to fish, okay? And, and, and it's great fun. But I want to show you what I've never caught. I, I, you'll see this picture. I have never caught this. Now, at the 11 o'clock service, I, my mouth will be watering because I'll be hungry at that point. But I have never caught anything like this, okay? You catch a fish, and you know what? There's a lot of mess between the fish that you pull out of the water and getting there, okay? If you know what I mean, okay? I mean, there is a lot of mess. Don't we do the same thing when somebody comes to Jesus? We're called fishers of men, and what we want to do is to pull them out of the world and for them to be fully devoted to Jesus. I ain't there yet, and I've been following Jesus for over 50 years. I've still got mess. And I don't expect somebody that just has walked out of the sea to have it all together. I just want them to know Jesus and to move closer to him every single day. And, you know, they may have a lot of baggage with them, but I will simply tell you this, that if we will encourage them and strengthen them, that, that, that they will move closer and shine brighter every single day. This is what Jesus says. 
Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Folks, we've got to make it hard to go to hell and easy to get to heaven. I want to stand in the way of every single person that is on their way to hell and make it hard for them to get there. And I want to preach Jesus, a life-giving Jesus, a, a Jesus that comes into our lives and changes them for the better. I want to tell people the good news, not the bad news. I want people to know what we're for, not what we're against. I want people to understand that, that, that it is about Jesus Christ and him alone. And so simply, I would tell you the application, and if you read the New Testament, it's a pretty incredible thing. If you just go and study in the, the, the Gospels, people brought people to Jesus, and that's our job. And some of those people were a mess, and when they encountered Jesus, their life began to change. And if I will just have that approach, I'm going to get that fish, and I'm going to get them to Jesus, and I'm going to let him deal with it. He can convict them of sin. He can work from the inside out through the Holy Spirit. You know what? We'll see this church grow because we'll be telling people the good news of the life-giving Jesus Christ in their lives. One more lesson. One more lesson, and it's this, is that we need to be leading people to Jesus. We need to be leading people to Jesus. It says, we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. We are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of Jesus. There's nothing that you can do to, to earn the grace of Jesus Christ. It is his free gift to us. And when we believe in him and we walk with him, can I tell you what, that, that, that grace begins to flow over us. And, and we can make church, I, I can tell you all the things that, that, that you shouldn't do. And you know what, you'll walk out of this building and you still will not be saved. Because there is only one way to be saved, and that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I, I can get you cleaned up and make you look good, but you know what? If you don't know Jesus, you're still headed for hell. And so we've got to work on keeping the main thing the main thing. And when the church is about telling people the good news of Jesus Christ, the church will be unified. The, the church will begin to march and the church will be unstoppable. But if we let the nitpicky stuff get in there and begin to separate us, can I tell you what will happen? The church will collapse. But I'm going to tell you what, the church of Jesus Christ will stand for all eternity. I've watched this year churches close. Why? Because they weren't unified around the mission of leading people to Jesus. This, this, is what, this is what it says in Acts, the fourth chapter. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found nowhere else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Salvation is found nowhere else. We have the secret. We've got to tell other people about it. And I would just simply say the action step here, the application is share the good news of Jesus Christ. And if we're doing that, we'll become unified around a purpose that will change this world. 
and will change people. Sermon on this, a sermon in a sentence is simply this, is that we must protect the unity of the church. I want to give you two more verses because I think this is the real key. And then I've got two challenges for you. Galatians, the fifth chapter. It's a, it, this is what it says there. Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, for you will be destroyed by each other. Serve one another humbly in love. Can I tell you what? When you begin to serve together in the church, when you begin to move together, when you begin to to work together, you know what you're not going to have? You're not going to have bickering and fighting because you're going to realize that the job that Jesus Christ has given us requires us to work together. And if, we're, and if we're biting and devouring each other, can I tell you what? That doesn't work. And it typically happens, and we see this, is when people stop serving because they have more time on their hands to find fault with somebody else. Let's go on to Ephesians. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. That's my job, is to get you equipped for a work of service. And this is what happens when the church serves, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Again, It's about when we serve together. And as you read Core 52 in the book this week, you're going to understand that we all have spiritual gifts and that what we do is when we come together, those gifts work together, great things happen, but it only happens when we begin to serve together and we begin to say, I'm going to protect the unity of the church. I'm going to confront correctly. I'm going to let God be God. I'm going to just do what God has asked me to do and tell others about Jesus. So this is my challenge to you today. I want you to do two things. Number one is protect the unity of the church. Don't say a bad word about another person in this church because that's the church, people. And don't say, uh, if you have that need to say something bad, you go to that person and you confront them correctly, okay? And the second thing I want to challenge you to do is this, is to find a place to serve. Because if you're busy serving, you're not going to be yapping about everything else. You'll realize that the task we have is big. That's my challenge today. And I believe it's a challenge that we need to hear because we need to stand strong in this age that we live in for the glory of our King. Father, thank you for this word today. Um, We know your church, just as it was happening right there in the book of Acts, has always been attacked and Satan has always come at the uh, uh, church to to divide it, to break it down. And Father, I, I pray today that you will help us to protect the unity of the church. Father, if we need to repent, I pray that we'll repent. Father, if we need to say, I've got to find a place to serve, I pray that we will do that. Father, I pray today for your Holy Spirit to be allowed to speak to our hearts. 
that he might convict if we need to be convicted. So, Father, work in us that we might be one body, the body of Jesus Christ, and working for your glory and honor. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing this song, and this is really what we've got to be. We've got to become the body of Christ, and Jesus Christ was a way maker. And when we act in unity, when we serve in unity, we become a way maker, and we will make a difference in this community. And I'm going to be up front if you need prayer, if you need something to talk about. I'll be here. There'll be some others up here. But this is the challenge, is to be that way maker by protecting the unity and by serving Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.